0: what's up Freedom Church family we are so glad that you've decided to join us today here at Freedom Church we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom we pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message praise God praise God hallelujah God bless everybody first and foremost. I want to give glory and praise to God because he is moving in an amazing way. He, uh, he's doing great things, great things indeed. And today is proof of it because if you look around you, there's only but a few of us, but that doesn't stop God from moving. It doesn't stop God from moving because God loves when we praise Him in spirit and truth. He loves when we give us our when when we give Him our all, and it's uh it's amazing because like the pastor was saying, we were uh, communicating back and forth about different things because God has just been pouring just a bunch of things into my heart and into my mind, and um and today's message has been coming, it's been about a month now that God has just been giving me this message. And I wanted to share it today. Um, I actually had no intentions to use it for a preaching anytime soon. But when God tells you to move, you move. So I want to ask everybody to get on their feet and we're going to real quick uh, read the word. And we're going to read in Romans chapter 12. And we're going to start from verse 1 and end in verse 8. And I'll give you guys a chance to get there. We worship you. All right, everybody ready? Therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasant to God this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and I want you guys to keep that one in mind then then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is is his good, pleasant and perfect will. For by the grace given, given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. in accordance with your faith if it is serving then serve if it is teaching then teach if it if it is to give courage then give encouragement if it is giving then give generously if it if it is to lead do it diligently if it is to show mercy do it cheerfully father we give you thanks We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We ask you that that you speak to our hearts, that you open up our hearts, just like you opened mine when you were giving me this word. I ask that let it be you speaking through me, not my own words, that each and every one of us be touched by your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So I want to say first and foremost that uh, you know I am a little bit nervous because I haven't done this in a while, but I'm also excited. I'm very excited because I understand I have the understanding that God has given me a word for His church. And while I was um, while I was searching and 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 obtaining the information to to gather together this this message, one thing God persistently ha- had been putting in my mind and is today's theme. And I was like, really, I, I don't know how I'm going to make that work. But the theme is we the gems. We the gems. But before I can get into the to, to the actual theme, I need to um, give a little bit of a background, a little bit of an introduction. And the introduction is um, uh, last time I was speaking I uh, was in uh, small groups at home and we were talking about Joseph, the dreamer, and how God gave him a dream. And, and, and right away, immediately after giving him a dream, as he spoke and, and communicated with his family, certain things started to happen. And um, we were talking about conflict and how oftentimes your calling also brings conflict. And we were talking about how, you know, there's many things that go on upon God's calling in your life when God calls you it doesn't mean that it's going to be cake that right away God is going to put you into that into that position whatever it is that God has for you we understand and have the understanding that when we come to God and we are starting to to um come into our own in God's in God's church that there is always a price a process there is a price to pay for each and every one of the things that we that that we do Whether it be spiritually or physically, there's always a process that we have to endure. And a lot of us are very impatient, very, very impatient, very impatient. And we see that on a day-to-day basis. God has been working with me in the past month and a half, teaching me different things, things that I need to work on myself. And through that, he was allowing me to know and to understand that I'm not the only one going through those things. And... He kept on bringing me back and forth through the story of Joseph, but also through the through the story of uh, David. And these are two stories that have been preached multiple times, including the pastor has brought to the to, to the church, especially when uh, everybody knows the story of David, how God had favor on um, towards David when David was called to be a king, and then first he had to you know, conquer the giant and, you know, all, all these things. Everybody knows the story that happened in between before he became the king. A lot of adversity, a lot of chaos, we, one would say, in that situation. But one thing was for sure is that each and every one of these people had one thing in common and is that they stood their ground and they believed in God first and foremost. And, and Freedom Church there 's a specific way that God wanted me to you know have a sequence in this in this message and I was and I was struggling uh, struggling a little bit um those of you who who have preached before know that sometimes we have an understanding of something and and we want it done a certain way and we 're like oh i 'm going to put this here i 'm going to put this here and and God is like yeah you 're going to use it, but it's not there that I want to use it. I want to use it over here, I want this I want that so as i 'm doing this um, God is leading me to to different things and haven't you noticed that lately here in Freedom Church God has been speaking a lot about changing your mind right changing our minds and we allude to that as repentance the pastor even uh, Brett has been talking about these these type of things and how we we need to change our mind about certain things and how we do certain certain uh how we approach certain aspects of our life. And a lot of what our mentality is, is our focus. And God has always taught me that our focus is our faith. Focus is faith. Because when we are looking and we are fixed on something, when we're fixed on something, that's because we have faith that Either something is going to happen or something's not going to happen. We're just staring at it because we have some sort of conviction towards it. So when we we have that, we often tend to look at the wrong things because we're expecting certain things to happen according to our understanding, according to our mind. And this is something that also the pastor has been preaching about. And, and you're going to hear me make these references a lot about when the pastor has preached in the past, but there's a, there's a reason for it. Just bear with me for a second. There's, I'm going to keep on saying those, those terms. So God is trying to, trying to bring an understanding to us that we need to renew our lives or to, to, to change our minds about how we view things. Because everybody knows that we have a certain perspective in life based on our upbringings. When we are born and raised, a lot of us here are born and raised in church. Me, for example, my mom was hardcore. I've spoken about this before, hardcore into church. And she, five times a week, we had to be at church and that was all it was. That was all it was. And there was certain things that were taught to us. As well as certain things that I learned outside of church and all of us have gone through that sequence that we have learned and and, and approached certain things a certain way based on our based on our upbringings based on what we believe should and should not be and God is trying to teach us that we have it all wrong that we are looking at it at it the wrong way because we are conformed, we are content with whatever the person that is on front over here saying and not seeking God for ourselves. And this is a big mistake that we make often. Sometimes we do it intentionally, sometimes we do it inadvertently. The point is, is that we don't take the time. We don't take the time to learn a little bit more about what God has for us. And because we don't take the time, we're ignorant to certain things. And when we are ignorant to certain things, we make a lot of mistakes. It's not that we're not going to make mistakes even when we are fixed on God. It's just that the mistakes that we make when we're not looking at God weigh a little bit heavier. And the reason why they weigh a little bit heavier is because we don't have direction. And when we make that mistake, we're going to make it again and again and again and again. Why? Because we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention to what's going on. God is calling the church to be different. God is calling the church to be a little bit different. And this is why I believe that that God gave me this word for Freedom Church, even though at first I didn't believe it till the pastor reached out. Because then God started giving me even more stuff right after. And God was teaching me that a lot of churches, and this is not to talk bad about no churches, I'm not singling out any, anything like that. But there's a lot of churches that are preaching word based on what they see. There's a lot of churches that are ministering to people based on what they see. Instead of ministering or running the church the way that it needs to be ran, which is by the guidance of God. And we have lost sight of that. And I say we because we, I have to include myself because of the reasons that I mentioned earlier. We grow up learning a certain thing and we are content with that. We don't challenge it by going to the word. We forget our roots. And I remember that the pastor a few weeks ago said that he wanted to get into a series called Going Back to Basics, if I'm not mistaken. And that's what God is wanting the church to do. Is going back to basics why is he wanting us to go back to basics because the, lo- the the churches no longer have a strong foundation and people are trying to get to build churches without a good foundation what is a good foundation we know and understand what good foundations are because a lot of us understand how to build things and how by what we see whether it's you know it can be it, it can be anything it can be a construction as far as a building. It can be cars. It can be many, many different things. We understand what is a proper structure. But a lot of times, we want to go ahead and skip steps. And then because we skip steps, we ask ourselves why things fail the way that they fail. And God's church, you can't rush it. God is trying to mold and fix certain things with each and every one of us individually to then collectively come together and be able to do something for God that is beyond anything that we can imagine. Beyond anything that we can imagine. In, this, in Romans, we see that God is telling us that each and every one of us have gifts. Everybody plays a role is what that means in church. There's a specific thing that you were called to be in God. What that means is is that if God gave the calling to the pastor to be the pastor and the preacher, there's no way that God is going to tell the next person that in the same church, you're going to also be the pastor and the preacher and this and that at the same time. That means that he has that specific role. Then we have the worshiper. God has given the the talent and the the anointing to raise worship and to lead people into worship to somebody that God has given that talent to. So that person is that person that God gave that talent to. doesn't mean that God is not going to give it to another person in that particular moment. But what it means is that that's that person's talent. The next person that says that there's people that are going to be encouraging. There are people that are going to serve. There are people that are going to that, that do the sound. There's a different things. There's different functions within the church that make the church work. We have to learn how to accept what God has for us. And sometimes we don't accept it. And there's a reason. God has giving me this because for a reason. I don't know what is, who specifically is that for. But that, there is a reason why this is. And this is one of the reasons also why there's so much also conflict within the church. Because there's also power struggles inside the church. And I'm grateful that God put me in this church because I haven't seen that. But God is trying to work and continue to keep it the way that it is. And the reason why is because how can people from the outside truly seek God when they see chaos in church? When they see a certain type of conflict, because there's different type of conflicts. There's conflicts that God gives us. That we're supposed to overcome and go through that process. But then there's conflicts that we create. And that's the one that we don't want. Especially when we're in church. And how can we do what God is asking of of us when we're not paying attention to God's gifts for us? Sometimes we are paying attention to the next person's gifts. And that's a problem. That's a problem because when we're paying attention to the next person's gift we miss out on what God is trying to give us. There was an illustration. I was having a conversation. I told her that I was going to try not to use her because she gets a little shy. But um, there was a, there, lately me and my wife have been having many, many conversations about the word and and how God does things. And she's, she's learning a little bit more. And um, we were having a conversation about, um, she was bringing to my attention that there's, that she's heard of so many things that happen in church bad things like people doing you know things behind the scenes not really worshiping God some people trying to pretend in church and all of that stuff and I responded because in the moment God gave me gave me something to to and I've heard it in the past before too and is that Yes, it's true inside of church, there's nobody that's perfect, that people make mistakes, that people do things that are not of God. But God will take care of those people. What we need to do is pay attention to what we have and our salvation. Though God has given us salvation, we can lose it in an instant by not paying attention to what we do. Because when we start talking about the things that somebody else is doing, we start, losing, we start losing focus of what God is trying to do with us. And there was an illustration that I saw actually that same day that I was talking to her about it prior to the conversation. And there was this uh, preacher that was um, saying, he called up a few people and he put one person in the center and he put about four people around him. And he said, grab this cup. And there was a cup full of water all the way to the top. And he said, start, walk, start walking around. Go around the church. So this person starts walking around, and he tells each and, one of, each and every one of those people that were surrounded or surrounding that person to do things that are a little bit distracting, whether it be talking, whether it be like dancing, or whatever it was. So this person, this preacher tells this other person that has the cup and tells them, focus on the cup. Don't look at anything else but the cup. Don't let a drop of water fall. So the person starts walking and start walking and then while it's walking, everybody else is doing something. So this person stays and maintains their focus. So after about a minute, the person comes back and says, okay, stop. Did you notice what this person was doing? And he said, no, I didn't, I don't know what he was doing. Did you know what these two were doing over here? No. Did you know what they were doing over there? No. The teaching was that as long as you're focused on what God gave you, you can't pay attention to anything else, and nothing else will distract you from what God has for you. This impacted me in a way because before I I even had this conversation with my wife, because I also struggled a a little bit with this in the past. And these are part of those conversations that I had with the pastor in the, before coming to the church. I expressed, you know, certain frustrations and certain things. And pastor kind of alluded to the same thing as that preach as that message, but at the time, I wasn't trying to hear it because I wasn't really in church like that. So I listened to him. I wasn't disrespectful, you know. <laughs> I listened. But in my mind, I was like, Okay, you know, whatever. But at the same time, I, I knew he had a point. I knew he had a point. And sometimes we do that, which leads me to my next thing. I had, I've been having these, what I call, duh moments when I have conversations with people. And going back to that conversation that me and the pastor have, we had, we had a conversation at a cafe and the pastor is trying to tell me that, hey, Johnny, you—you, you, God is calling you. God has something great for you. And um, you need to come back. You know what you used to do and things to that effect. And i never told him this, but in my mind, I'm like, duh, I know. I mean, that's generic. Like, I, I was being like a, you know, hard headed, basically. I was being hard headed. I was like, duh, everybody knows, you know, as long as. I was saying these type of things in my mind. I'm like, I know what they say as long as you have breath, you know, you have a purpose, That this and that. And I was, that. that's the type of thing that I had going through my mind. And in essence, I was being blocked by the actual message. Even though I knew what he was telling me, I was saying, yeah, I know this, but the reality of the situation is that I wasn't doing it. So exactly what he was telling me, that I have purpose, that I needed to come back, that I needed to do this, that I needed to do that. I was rejecting it a little bit in my mind because I was a little stubborn because of what had happened to me prior in other other situations. And now I look back and recently I saw a, a message, which I also texted to the pastor, where the preacher was saying that sometimes we have so much information And I don't know if you you remember that. Sometimes we have so much information and we say we know so much, but we lack the wisdom. We lack the wisdom. And what does that mean? What that means is that sometimes we think we know everything, but we do not act appropriately or accordingly based on the message or the information that we have. So there's a bunch of people like me at the time that had so much information, so much knowledge about the word because Like I said, I was born and raised in church. I used to preach so much back in the day. I used to be um, a teacher. I used to do so many things and read the word so so many times. But yet I found myself in a situation where I wasn't doing what God called me to do, which was first and foremost be his servant to give it all to him and then for him to use me the way that he wanted to use me. But I was blocking myself to it. I was blocking myself to it. And we do that a lot. We all have at one point done that. And here's where the word gems come into play. Everybody, like I said before, has a gift. And according to that gift, there's a process that we need to go through. Because when God calls us to be a pastor or to be a preacher or to be a singer, we can't just do it upon exactly the moment that God says, you're this. That doesn't mean that the following Sunday you're going to do exactly what God told you that you're going to do. It means that you have to pay the price. It means that at that point you have a decision to make. And remember we were talking about decisions that, one, that, that, that time at home. That we were talking about how we give up who we are. We give our free will to God. That is part of it. That is part of it. That we, at some point, we have to make the decision that when God calls us, if we want that calling. If we want to be obedient to God, we have to make the decision to act upon it. And when we act upon it, that means that we have to renounce who we are. And earlier, we were singing and saying that we give all our love, all our heart. All we have, we give it all to God. And there's another part that says, I want to be undone by who you are. Gems. Anybody knows what gems are? Gems are stones, precious stones, diamonds, pearls, all of those things. Right? All of these things are created in a certain way much like us and i'm going to and i'm going to explain gems go through intense heat intense pressure and are created in that way and then when they're created through the pre- intense pressure and through the and through through this great heat the process of their value is not finished because most of the time when we take out or if you've studied what gems are and how and how they're how they're done when they're in their raw form, it doesn't look like much. It looks dirty. It has excess of other stuff within it. And that's how we are when we come to God. We have excess stuff in us. Things that shaped us along the way. Things that we grabbed, things whether we, we, we we were taught, like I was saying earlier. And so we are rough around the edges, just like these gems. And for it to be able to be sold or be displayed in a certain way, there has to come a person that, that, that is a jeweler that starts carving and, 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 and creating friction and, create, and, and chipping away to the, to, to the gem to, to make it a certain way, to be able to be marketable, to be able to display it in a, as, a, as a beautiful piece. And oftentimes, God is our jeweler. Because we are his gems, that we are rough around the edges, and as we are learning how to become Christians and how to become or how to fulfill our purpose in God, what God is doing is, is that he's creating friction, and he is chipping away at the things that we or that he doesn't want in our life. And that's why when we are in process, that's why when God puts us in situations, our trials and tribulations, the reason why things hurt so much and the reason why there's so much stress and frustration Within it is because the things that God is taking away is often the things that we feel comfortable and that we've accepted in our lives that we think that are okay, that that, that we think is our identity. And God is saying, no, that's not who I created you to be. God is trying to mold you. God is trying to take off that excess stuff that does not belong. All of those things that do not belong, God is trying to take it off. And while he's doing that, God is creating our identity. God is starting to reveal your identity to you. God is trying to reveal the identity to me. When he's chipping away at me, he's trying to define me. He's trying to bring to light and to bring forward who I am going to be or who I am in him. As long as I allow him to be who he is. For that, I have to surrender completely to him. If I don't do that, then there's no way that God can present me as a perfect gem. There's no way that, I, that, that he can put us in a, in a position where he is presenting us and saying, go ahead and minister, and you're mm-hmm. going to grab something from me. Because if I am not walking in spirit and truth the way that God wants me to walk, there's no way. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do that unless I allow God to chip away. There's no way. So as God God continues to chip away in our life, there's one thing that we have to also understand. And this is another mistake that we make. When we pray and we give praise to God while we're going through this process, because obviously that's what God wants us to do is praise him. And pray to him. And we need to read the word while we're doing all of these things. Because if not, how could we understand? How can we understand? How can we let God lead us to where he needs to lead us? God does not want to want us to copy and paste our prayers. Do you know what that means? Copy and paste. It means that I can't be generic with God. I have to come as I am to, to God. I have to come as I am to God. I can't copy and paste my praise. I can't copy and, pray, I can't copy and paste my prayer. Because I'm not, you, you know how, how there's so many people that come, not just here, you know, in general. They have this formality. Father God, that you're in the heavens, you know, and they, they have like the sequence that they have to follow before they get into it. God doesn't want us to do that. For what? Why why would you do that when you're trying to be real and authentic to God? God wants us to be real and authentic. Why? Because he knows us through and through. To me, I take it as that we're being fake when you copy and paste. It's fake. And God is not calling us to be fake. We have to come once again, excuse me, as we are. We have to come as we are to God and give him everything and, and even if it hurts and sometimes we don't want to do it but that's what makes it so good that when we force ourselves that's that's renouncing who we are when we force ourselves to come before God and take away who we are and say God just do whatever it is that you need to do with me God I'm not doing it I don't need anything else but your presence because the word shows me that as long as I give God my all, everything else will come. (laughs) So what is the purpose of me giving generic praise or me giving generic prayers? What is the purpose of me just reading the word just to say, hey, I read the word? No, we have to read the word because whether we're going to preach, whether we're going to teach or if it's just for us to learn from God. The word is for us to learn from God. It's not for us to just take it just because, you know, we go onto the to, to the zoom and we prayed, we prayed and we did a little, uh, a little study and we read the word at that moment or you participated. That's not what, the, that's not what being a Christian is. And God is trying to create and trying to try, trying to create a foundation with each and every one of us. And though in those texts, There was one part, there's one particular thing that caught my eye, and it's saying that we are different parts of the same body. So while we are going through a process individually, in the end, God is trying to mold us to fit a collective church. There, there's a reason why God is doing that. And here in Freedom Church, God is doing some amazing things and moving behind the scenes and, and things that it, it's amazing. Like take today, like I said earlier today, people just don't understand how God operates. People just don't understand how God, God operates. It's amazing when you have so many, so, so few people in one place and God lets himself be felt in such an amazing way. And the reason for that is because there are some people that do understand what true, what true praise is. Because God does not dwell in fake praise. God dwells in true praise. And God is calling us to continue that, not to cease that, to continue doing those things. God wants us to continue doing those things in him. I'm sorry, I'm a little old school. I don't have a tablet like the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and when you are able to accept God's process in your life, because that's, that, that's one of the key things that we have to do. And once you, under, once you understand it, once you accept God's process, you have to rejoice in it. Why you have to rejoice in it is I'm not saying that you're not going to get frustrated. It's okay. Everybody gets frustrated. Everybody gets stressed. God is not saying that you're never going to feel frustration or you're never going to be feeling stressed, sad, or whatever the case may be. The problem here is, is that when you allow the stress and the frustration to take over your decisions and to take over your mind, when you allow that to happen, God is not able to function in your life because you're going to resist everything. You're going to resist everything. So that's why the Lord calls us to rejoice. Rejoice. Why? Because even though you're going through problems, as long as you give God praise and you pray to him, God will see you through it. God will guide you through it and he's going to give you that peace that you need. But if you don't pray, if you don't seek God, if you don't praise him and you don't rejoice, how is God, how, how do you expect God to teach you? How are you going to obtain that quality, that specific quality that God is trying to give you in order for you to reach your purpose? There are qualities that we are supposed to obtain through this process. And sometimes we don't want, like I said before, we don't want to go through that process because it hurts. It's okay that it hurts because at the end of the day, when you are presented as that gem, you are going to do so many things that you never expected or you ever thought that you could do because you allowed God to mold you, because you allowed God to take over and to take control over you. And that's one thing that we have been talking about here in the church too, that we, we have this trouble with control. We don't like letting go of control. And as I said, and as I was mentioning earlier, that there would be many times that I would make references to the pastor saying a bunch of stuff up, up here preaching. This message might sound repetitive, and this message might be one of those, what I call the moments Because you might have heard this message before. You might have heard a different version of what I'm saying. And if you listen to the pastor, the pastor throughout most Sundays have been saying almost the same thing. Not just my message. I'm talking about his messages Sunday through Sunday through Sunday have been about faith, have been about renewing our minds, have been about perspective. When he preached about horses and chariots which, by the way, was an amazing, amazing word because that right there teaches us about perspective, about what we're seeing with our physical eyes and then what God is giving us behind the scenes. And, and when, we, when we praise him and we have that, 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 that firmness that God is doing something with us at that moment. With that being said, if you read the Bible, almost every story also is repetitive. And you might say, what? Is the Bible's repetitive? Yes, the Bible is repetitive. Read each and every one of those stories. Listen to every one of those, each and every one of those processes that each and every one of these people went through. While they sound different, the end result was the same. The end result was the same. What was the end result that we got to believe? Is that not the message? Is that not the message that we have to believe, that we have to change our minds, that we have to stop thinking about things the way that we think about them because we are never going to understand how God operates. We're never going to have we're never going to understand that we're never going to understand that. And there is a specific verse in the word in Isaiah 55. I'm going to go to it real quick. Verses eight and nine. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What does that mean? That means that we are never, we have to stop trying to understand what God is trying to do and just let him do what he needs to do. We're never going to understand it. Did you know that because of this verse is the reason why Jesus had to preach in parables? Why did Jesus have to preach in parables? Because our minds do not comprehend what God has for us. So God had to teach us in a way. Jesus had to teach in a way for us to have a, some, somewhat of an understanding through simple things. If you see, if, and even through those parables, almost all of those parables meant the same thing as well. It's about trusting God. That when God gives you something, use it. That when God gives you something to do, you do it. Being obedient to God. Letting God put you through the process and believing him in every way. Believing him in every way. It is tough. Yes, it is tough. But if we were able to believe in every single thing that God gave us and in every single process that God puts us through, the understanding would be different. The mentality would be way different. The anointing would be different. And God is calling us to allow him to work in our lives in such a way that we are able to have somewhat of an understanding of what he is trying to do. Maybe not exactly what he's trying to do, but believe him enough and trust him enough to let him do what he needs to do in our lives so we can see his glory. And for us to see his glory, we just need to allow that process to happen. We just need it to happen. Now... I'm almost almost finishing. Freedom Church, we, the gems, are meant to shine. And this is something that God gave me today itself, that I I just came out of the room, um, and I went to my wife, you can ask her, and I was like, babe, God just blew my mind right now. God is presenting us as gems. And I was like, God, how am I going to tie these gems? Because that's what I was missing in the, in, in, in the message. How am I going to tie process with gems? And yes, I, I understand what, what, what gems have to go through before they, they're, they're, they become a masterpiece and all of that stuff. But what does that have to do with us as a church? And God put it to me this way. And I'm going to say Freedom Church because that's where I'm at right now. Freedom, church, is like a diamond ring. What is the quality when you look for a diamond ring? What is the, mo- the thing that captures your eye the most? is the shine, right? Like the shine, that's what, what most people like, is the shine. Like I remember back in the day when, when we, me and my wife were, were um, in the beginning stages, we got engaged, and every time we would go to a restaurant, Um, There was a specific, you know how they have those dim lights and that light would make her ring like shine a certain way and it looked amazing, amazing. So God wants Freedom Church to shine in that way. And if you notice, most diamond rings don't have just one diamond. They have a diamond and they have like little rocks and little stones around it. And God was telling me that that symbolizes each and every one of each and every one of us that all of us play a part in church. Just like the message says, God has given us different talents, different gifts, and everybody has to attain and has to be able to go through the process of attaining that gift to be able to be effective within that, to be presented as that diamond ring. Now, the thing that blew my mind the most after God giving me that was that the diamond will not shine unless the light is hitting it. And God is our light. How can we reflect who God is in our life if we're not letting God reflect himself in us that's why there's a particular way why God is trying to chip away at us is because if we're not chipped the right way there's no way that his reflection can come through us there's no way God wants us to be that diamond ring appealing not not just because of the uh, of the appeal but When people from the outside, which is what God wants, is to bring people from the outside and to reach other people to be able to come and and experience the freedom that we have to worship God, how can we experience that if we're not reflecting what God is in our life? How can they have that same experience? How can they come into a church that is not shining like that diamond ring? Because if we don't shine... That means that the light of the Lord is not upon us. And when God gave me this, it's because I had the understanding. I had the understanding that I need to be a reflection of who he is. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be exactly what he is because he is beyond, he's perfect. There's no word above perfect, so we use the word perfect. But he is more than that but how can we how can we do and be that type of that be that, that that rock or that stone that God is expecting us to be if we don't allow him to shine over us and we're not reflecting if we're not reflecting we're not doing the right thing if we're not reflecting that means that there's something missing or maybe there's nothing missing maybe we just haven't dropped or allowed God to just take out those things, all those impurities, all those things that, that, that don't allow us to, to, to have that reflection. So God is calling Freedom Church to be like a diamond ring. The reason why we are in this stage that we are in right now is because God is still molding and working with us and he is chipping away at the things that he does not want in church. For us to have the full benefits of what being in church truly means. We need to learn to appreciate what we have now first, and we need to learn how to appreciate the process first in order for us to appreciate the blessings that come afterwards. And those blessings are obviously coming as long as we continue to serve God in spirit and truth. When we pray to God, let's just give him everything. Give him everything. That's all he's asking of us. Give him everything. The pastor was in his feelings saying, you can have it all. You can have it all. That's what God is asking us to do. You can have it all. God, you can have it all. Literally, give it all to him. There is no better hands. There is no better hands that you can give all your worries or your doubts or your problems, even the process that he puts you in. He was the one that designed everything. If he was the one that designed anything, why am I not going to trust him? Wouldn't he have the key? To drive me through or to guide me through wherever I need to go through for me to be able to reach where he wants me to reach because the word says that God does not give me a burden that I cannot carry and if the word says that and God is telling me that even on top of that God is asking me to carry my cross carry your cross and follow me what does that mean That means that we have to do our part. That means that we are supposed to give it our all, that we literally have to follow him. But when we follow him, some people say, okay, you know, I know that there's a cross there, but God already carried his cross. Yes, he carried his cross for our salvation. That is true. We don't have to do anything else as far like Brina was saying earlier. We don't have to do anything else as far as that aspect. But obedience comes right with it. So, as you're walking with that cross, as you're carrying that cross, it hurts and it's heavy. But there's a reason why God is asking you to do it is for you to understand what it takes, for you to understand what's your purpose for you to understand what's your identity in Christ. He's not asking you to go through the same thing that he went through. He already did that. He's not calling us to do that. All he's, calling us, all he's calling us is to be able to be obedient to him, to allow him to come into our hearts and do what he needs to do. Because without him, yesterday I found myself praying in a way that I haven't prayed in a long time. And it came to the point where I just broke down and said Lord I'm nothing I am truly nothing without you because without him there is no way that any of this is possible me standing here not just here preaching I'm talking about living the pastor the other days also said that God blew the breath of life into us and I also sent him a text message of something that, 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 that on top of that God um, was showing me is that if God blew his breath of life his breath of life within us that means that his very essence is within us that we live because he lives that we shine because he shines that we can't do anything unless it is for him or at least We can't do anything if it's not within his will. And we have all purposes here, and God is asking us to fulfill that purpose. Take your cross and follow him. Be part of that diamond ring that God is calling us to be, that Freedom Church is meant to be. God wants people to come to Freedom Church and be delivered, not because of showmanship, not because of how well we praise. And when I say how well we praise, I mean about how well we sing. Not because we're loud. Not because our pastor brings great words, because my God, he brings great word. And yes, he is up there in, my, in the list, I, I had to tell him. <laughs> but there's, there's so many people that are satisfied with going to church, and, and God is calling for a different mentality that when you go to church is because you want true deliverance that you want true freedom you want chains to break god is wanting that again in his churches and that is one of the things that are lacking in churches true word true passion true worship for god that is what god is calling his church to be again because that unfortunately is going extinct and God is calling us to be that once again. And he is lifting this church up first from the ground up as little as we are. He is teaching us how to withstand what is coming in the future. All of those blessings that are coming, we need to first be, ha- have to know how to withstand what we have now. We need to know what it feels now to not have anything but be joyful of what he has allowed us to have thus far. Because if we are able to be or we are able to rejoice in what we have currently, then it'll be double blessings for us. Double blessings for us because you have ultimately learned the lesson that God is trying to teach us. And that lesson is, Is that we have to trust Him first and foremost, allow Him to bring us through the process and not skip steps. We're almost there, but we have to keep on moving and we have to keep it up, we have to keep on praising, we have to keep on praying to God. So, we the gems have to shine. We the gems. Have to allow God's light to reflect through us. Just allow God to do whatever it takes. Even if it hurts, it doesn't matter if it hurts. We have to just allow him to do it. Don't worry about everything else that's going around you. Focus on you and what you have to do to get right with God. Focus on what God's purpose is for your life everything else will come afterwards you will see if people are able to focus on what they have and what they what god is giving him or her all of those pieces will fit together and god will present it and god will shed his light and then through that shine you'll be able to reflect onto others and then the others will join in into that diamond ring that god is calling us to be If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.